Is a cat-like person really that much weirder? That, I feel like it's the least weird of the three, you know, adjacent to human friends that Cotter has. If- I'm going to make it really weird. I'm going to talk in her head, too. a skills challenge with Jedi mind tricks and lightning on the ground taking out horses, things like that We are well practiced in switching the leadership in a particular barony maybe we should go for three Toss a coin to your cutter Chapter 186 on the eve of war. Okay. So in the last episode, um, well, what did happen in the last episode? Who can tell me what happened in the last episode? We got into some conflict, and then we got out of some conflict at a very high speed. Yes, you found the crossroads held against you. And what did you have to do to get loose of the uh, um, barricade at the crossroads? We did a skills challenge with Jedi mind tricks and lightning on the ground, taking out horses, things like that. Yes, and uh, magic missiles and people tumbling and and falling and running and jumping. And uh, you guys managed to uh, break free of the barricade and put enough distance behind you that uh, you guys finally felt that you could slow down a bit. And uh, the kind of big nail in the coffin of the pursuit as you guys are bringing the uh, oxen down to a slow amble. And and they're obviously, they're just covered in foam after making this sprint for hundreds of yards. Um, And they're blowing in uh, their exhaustion and and steam is coming out of their nostrils. Um, Coming the other direction, Cotter, you recognize the banner of Porta Magnum. And there is a cavalry brigade of about 100 uh, men and women from Porta Magnum uh, that's sort of riding in your direction. And they do seem to be bearing down on you. Um, so I don't actually, I'm going to look to the Carter. I don't actually know the uh, pleasantries of meeting other groups on the road. Do you pull over? Do you stop and he says well i think we should pull over for the sake of the oxen at least and get them some water sounds like a good idea okay and so they uh pull off to the side of the roadway and the uh column of cavalry actually fans out in a line facing you and you see him kind of coming forward at a uh, bit of a canter um, and then, um, are you, are you going to do anything as they approach their Cotter? Um, yeah, I think I'll go like, so as the Carters are on the side of the road, mm-hmm. I'll be a little bit more 
inward so I can like be seen there. Okay, you'll be you'll be on the edge of the road then. Yeah. And are you? Do you have your shield out and all that? Yeah. Okay. And I'll call the uh, non Tabaxi over to stand with me. Okay. And actually, uh, Tabaxi, what are you going to do? Just stay uh, uh, resident on the carts there. Yeah, I mean, once if it's calmed down, I think getting back onto the carts would be wise. Okay. Yeah, I think so as well. Try try to be as innocuous as possible. Okay. Very good. And so um, Noan and Kraval Cotter calls you forward with him. And uh, then when they get kind of um, within bow shot of you there, Cotter, you see one of the, uh, perhaps the commander of the group, uh, increases uh, her speed and she uh, brings it up to a full trot and outdistances the rest of the, the group there. And they start folding back into a uh, you know paired line instead of being fanned out anymore. And she uh, reins up in front of you and uh, salutes and says, Sukhater, what are you doing here on the side of the road? I was traveling back uh, from the mountains with the uh, some of my carts to come back to the city. Uh, there are some things you should know, though. Uh, uh, yes, please, anything. Uh, we came through the uh, crossroads up ahead about how long ago? Maybe, maybe 10 minutes ago, 15 about minutes ago, 10 or 20 minutes ago. And there were about 30 soldiers of Exhilarium Colise who seemed to be setting up a roadblock of some sort there. We managed to trick our way through, but we were chased for a good few minutes, I think. I'm going to make that. Well, and you've got you've got arrows sticking out yeah. of the cart, uh, the uh, carts and everything. So, yeah. And actually arrows sticking out of a couple of you. So, yeah. And she uh, she frowns and says, oh, very well, yes. Uh, we were uh, sent out uh, in patrol uh, because of reports of Excalibarium Khalees action here. Uh, we will take care of them. And um, she salutes you again and starts shouting orders to the line. And once again, it, it's, it goes around you and starts fanning out into what's obviously a skirmish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just before she takes off um, and heads that direction, uh, she, you know, kind of checks her uh, checks her advance and, and turns back and says, and you should hurry back to Port of Magnum. Um, all of the houses, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't been recalled already, are re- uh, required to report. Uh, we're in a state of war. And she uh, puts her spurs to her horse and, and gallops there. Well, it seems that we are. And just then... You hear the sound of the Baron of Porta Magnum in your head. A message appears to you. You're going to get yelled at by Mr. Hat. Hmm. So you have 25 words to respond to that. What are you going to say? Okay, so my message back is, I'm currently in the Campo Magno, riding north to be there soon. I will be do my best to return as soon as possible. Okay, very good. And so all, all of a sudden, out of the blue... Um, Cotter just says that to the wind. What are you guys going to do? And then I'll explain to the rest of the group that I just got a message from the Baron being recalled. So it's a good thing we're going to Porta Magnum anyway. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. So <laughs> you have you have books. Yeah, I'm I'm sure even the Tabaxi know who the Baron of Porta Magnum is. Yeah. Yeah, I think Misty, though, of, of all the tabaxi that 
y'all have hung out with is is probably the least likely to have remembered any of that. The Missy's the one that sits in the back of the classroom and makes paper wads. I make fire. Yeah, yeah. If it didn't burst into flame, she wasn't that interested. True, you, you are entirely correct at that. There. Although it might have been like a, you didn't expect this group of people, like they're real cool and all. Galtrapar says they're real cool, but you don't expect like, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on like mental sending personally with the Baron of Porta Magnum. So that was probably surprising anyway. Once again, if it didn't burst into flame, she's probably not that interested. <laughs> okay, good. And um, the rest of the day is tense. Um, and um, But it uh, goes by without too much in the way of events. Uh, after a short, quick break, you know, 10-minute break to water the oxen, the uh, carters get them up and moving at an amble pace again, and they go along on that mile-eating but steady pace of, of the oxen. And towards the uh, late afternoon, the um, cavalry passes you back by again. And you notice that they are definitely um, missing some of their members. Uh, several of the horses are being... Uh, being led with riderless and then several of the riders also are nursing wounds um you know they've either you know bandages wrapped around uh bleeding wounds or you know they're nursing obviously banged up arms and legs or what have you um and a couple of the horses uh are that are being led are, are lame so maybe the riders have switched out after the horses got injured um but the uh lieutenant in charge of the group comes up to you there and says sir cotter we dealt with the vagabonds at the crossroads. They shan't bother you anymore. Um, our camp is really only uh, another mile forward here. And you are, of course, uh, and she indicates the rest, as is your worthy party, uh, invited to stay the night with us. I'll look to the carter and ask him if he would like to. And it, like, does she imply that the carts can be there too? Oh, or? definitely. Yeah. I mean, the uh, camp's the camp, the camp. So I'll look to the carters and ask if they would like to push to there and uh he uh says seems like the safest place uh anywhere around here anytime soon we thank you for your gracious offer and she salutes and and uh kind of leads ahead and uh they're quickly out of out of uh out of view as they, but uh not too much further past that you actually do see the uh smoke on the horizon but this time instead of being something alarming it, it seems to be the smoke of cooking fires and in fact a uh, short time later you actually get the whiff of uh delectable uh, you know eats being prepared at least the tabaxi do they 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 figure that out a lot quicker than the rest of you but yeah, you know, the rest of you even after a while uh you know smell the smells of uh camp food being put together and sure enough as as evening is falling you guys pull into a very large a military camp and, and by large i mean there's probably several hundred people here um, between the soldiers and the support staff um, and uh, cotter they've actually cleared out a fairly large tent for you and whoever you want to include with you the the carters though that basically they they uh, they don't uh, live in in such uh, rare air so they, they're they're more than happy just to uh, sleep under their carts oh you know with their animals on the edge of edge mm -hmm. of the camp there Okay, so I guess we should probably at least have the 
the back of the inside and as many of us really as many of us as want to get in um it certainly could be all five of you without too much problem it's a pretty yeah. big tent sounds good to me um now that we're here after dinner i'm gonna get the group together and talk to them i guess okay is there any oh can i go out and heal any of those soldiers who were injured and um like i'm that? sure you definitely could um and probably uh i'm assuming Kraval would want to go along with as well sure just you know bind and do what we can to alleviate a little bit of the injuries and fatigue they have and and obviously Kraval, even though word has spread through port of magnum of sir cotter and his uh, retinue of fantastic creatures that follow in his wake uh, still, as you are healing them, a lot of the soldiers are just kind of wide-eyed and wide-mouthed mm. with astonishment that here is an actual barbarian of the mountains that healing them in in, uh, in the field. Because I can make up funny numbers right now, I'm going to use 55 land hands, hit points, two first level spell slots, and a third level spell slot okay, in all good. my healing things. Very good. So you will exhaust your healing for the night on all yeah. the, the uh, folks. And uh, same thing Do for you, Kraval. I can't do the math that he just did. How many here left? I didn't do any math. I just like checked off boxes and like left a couple extra just in case. Um, yeah, probably all the way up until third level. I would use what healing I could that way. Okay, very good. And and you guys do actually bring back a couple of the soldiers from the basically the brink of uh, of death, and uh, the, you you can hear a, a bunch of murmuring going about camp uh, as as the rumor you know persists about. Sir Cotter and his amazing dragonborn uh, barbarian healers that uh, can bring people back from the, the very doorstep of death itself. I'm a shaman. Hey, Cotter, I'm surprised you don't charge a copper or two for them to come look at us. Toss a coin to your Cotter. Very good. Okay, so anything else before you bed down for the night? Yeah, I need to talk to the group about okay. So I got a message from the Baron earlier today. He said that um, we are on the brink of war, and I think what the uh, leader of that cavalry unit implied, they're recalling many of the noble families. So I'm being recalled. Um, now that we're here, and I assume beyond this camp, it'll be safe for the Carters, we might want to see if we can get horses for the group to ride back quicker. I don't know. Oh, we have no money. Shoot. Never mind. You're a noble. I, I'm sure that the, the, the soldiers here might be able to cough up a horse or two. Um, something else to think about. We are well practiced in switching the leadership in a particular barony. Maybe we should go for three. I think, yes, uh, I've, I was told that there is a brigade I'm going to be leading, which sounds interesting. How big is that again? Uh, you don't know, but it's probably several hundred or maybe even okay. a thousand uh, soldiers. So apparently I'm going to be involved in this no matter what. But well, I recall my master telling me a story of a great battle uh, where brigade um, perhaps wasn't the, the best way to attack uh a foe of, of immense power and strength that where just a few smaller individuals might be able to bypass its main firepower and in fact infiltrate and, and 
and destroy that which needs to be destroyed. I think I'm understanding your story. Well, you we can, can always propose that yeah, to the Baron when discuss, you meet him. We can discuss that, yes. However, so yeah, do we want to see if we can get horses to get back to Port of Magnum quicker? And I'm, I'm quite sure that if you ask the uh, cavalry commander that uh, for a, definitely a knight of uh, Port of Magnum, they would liberate however many horses you need. Hmm. So... Does that sound good for all of you? Uh, I suppose so. I mean, do tabaxi actually know how to ride a horse? Sure, we could just perch on it. <laughs> perch? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go... The carters are probably still awake, right? Um, you know, probably one or two of them are awake at this okay. point, yeah. I'm going to go talk to them, say, hey, thank you for taking us this far. Uh, we hope your journey will be safer than it has been so far but we are going to be finding alternate transportation in the lands that are friendly and and they basically say now that they're behind the the line of the uh port of magnum cavalry that uh, they're pretty sure that this is going to be an uneventful trip from here on and and they thank you for uh, guarding them in in uh, the process so far and then i will go and arrange to get four horses well, it would be five, right? No, I'm going to summon my That's own. right. You get a fancy horse. Yeah, what am I thinking? Okay, so, uh, yes, they, they definitely have four extra horses um, with the, the losses they had in the field in the last couple of days and are more than happy to provide it for you. And then I will go and summon my horse and then... In front of everybody? I mean, you got to do that in private. Okay. So you're going to wait until everyone's asleep so you can wake them up again? <laughs> Maybe, but... Uh, no, I'll just, like, towards the back of the stable, I'll summon a horse. Okay. It's my horse. And what does your horse look like? I have no idea. The beige roan. A buckskin? I don't know enough about horses. Is it a shiny white that's charger? That's a deer that's in the shape of a horse. <laughs> oh, it could be a big old charger like a Clydesdale. It's, 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 a, yeah. it's a very pretty horse that has very big, long ears, and... Uh, it can talk. And he says, hee-haw. Sort of a depressed personality. <laughs> he goes, hee-haw. And there's a button on tail. Okay. I was summoned by Connor again. Exactly. Okay, well, you hmm. work on that. In the morning, tell us what your, uh, what your horse looks like. Okay. And obviously, you guys uh, are able to sleep. Uh, very securely, knowing that you're in the midst of a uh, armed camp that is the dedicated to protect you, which is wonderful. And you get up the next morning, probably crack of dawn, and uh, the you know the, the co cookie has a has a bacon and eggs already already prepared for everybody. Um, are so Tabaxi when they bring the food by the tent, are you gonna just cowl up or what are you gonna do? Throw on your cloaks. Yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah. tuck yeah. yourselves yeah. in. So just just blend into the background there, um, and uh, some very very uh, very nice food, and then you're on your way. And actually, Red, you were a part of the group that invaded Porta Magnum, weren't you? I was. Yeah, it was Red and Jade and um, uh, Gray that uh, did that. So, uh, so and you've been to Porta Magnum before, although not on the roadway. You came in on Sandship, 
Uh, but for you, Misty, this is the first time you've seen Portum Magnum. And it is astounding. Yeah, I mean, you, you've probably seen it in pictures in uh, the various tomes that are, are in the library. But to see it in person is amazing. It uh, rises in you know a number of tiers from the edge of the Mari Arnosum all the way to the top of the uh, ridge, the pass there. And uh, there are aqueducts that bring water in from all sides to, to uh, the actual city itself to supplement it. And you just, you're riding across the uh, brownish fields of the Campo Magno and you just, all of a sudden this big shining city, uh, you know, rises up out of the, uh, in the distance and you end up riding right up to the gates of it. And it is a swarming mass of humanity or in the el elvidity. <laughs> it's a swarming mass of peoples. So there are elves, half-elves, and humans, uh, although with a smattering of gnomes and dwarves here and there as well. And um, it's uh, a bustle of activity. And um, Cotter, as you are appearing, um, the uh, swarm of, of uh, people just kind of gives you a wide berth. Obviously, someone with a heraldic shield that they recognize on horseback, they're going to give you a wide berth. And what did your horse look like again? Um, I, I, I had hoped that you would ignore that. Okay, well, we'll get back to you on that. See if you can work that out by the end of the episode. Anyway, um, and you ride up through the great gate, the great middle of the city. And um, it just goes tier upon tier of just people and carts and everything rolling up and down this great avenue that bisects the city and goes from the Mare all the way to the top of the pass there. And Cotter doesn't seem to be slowing down. And he rides all the way up to the first circle, the top circle at the top of it, hangs a left-hand turn, and uh, very quickly appears at the gate of a rather elaborate... Uh, mansion. It's actually a very large uh, compound uh, with uh, fountains and gardens. Uh, even in this late stage of, of autumn heading into winter, uh, the vegetation is still very well kept and in be very beautiful condition. And there's a very large mansion, three levels high and of two wings, uh, with window upon window. You've never seen a building quite so large uh, before. And um, as you ride up to the gate cutter, uh, the guards um, are kind of lounging around, you know, the several guards on either side of the gate. And as soon as they see, uh, you know, your shield as you approach, they just snap to attention and uh, salute as you appear. And, uh, yeah. Sir Cotter, so good to see you back. Uh, will you be staying long, sir? Uh, I am not sure. I must see the Baron soon. Very good. And uh, one of them says, I will alert the Lady Sinia. And he just disappears through the gate and goes, you can see him pelting up to the, the house there. So let's get in and get things set. Okay, very good. And um, you ride up to the house and obviously by the time you get there, there are pages there to uh, take your horses and take them off to the stables. And um, in a few moments, uh, Sinia comes uh, bustling out along with your uh, mother and uh, your sisters. And, uh, you know, just comes kind of gliding up to you and, and enfolds you in an enormous hug. And she says, Cotter, you should have told me you were coming. I, I could have had things ready. 
Uh, I expected to take a day or two more, but there are a lot more horses in the Campo Magno now than I expected there would be. Ah, well, yes, Campo Magno's been quite a source of uh, consternation lately. Um, Certainly, um, you've heard that all of the knights of Porto Magno have been recalled. Uh, Is that why you're here? Uh, I was coming originally for your summon, but... Uh, yesterday, I was recalled by the Baron. Yes, it's terrible times. And she turns to the rest of you and, and she says, Craval, so good to see you. And no one, I hope you are well. And then she turns to the two tabaxi, and I assume you're still in your cloaks. And she yeah. turns to you, uh, back to you, Cotter, and says, uh, Are these new friends? And please tell me that your other two friends haven't died. Uh, I so enjoyed Adrian and... Uh, and Arlen's company. Oh no, they they are off on a different. They went in a different direction. We had to break into two groups. These are uh, two friends of. She knows Galchabar, right? Um, I don't know if she knows Galchabar. You probably have mentioned him. Well, they're. You could fr- just call him the Wizard yeah. in the Tower at uh, yeah. at uh, Civitas Cataracta. Yeah, they're other friends of the Wizard in the Tower in Waterfall City, and he told us that they would work well with us and so far they have yep and uh she actually advances forward uh towards you there misty with her hand out saying oh it is so good to make her acquaintance i'm Cynia, cotter's wife and she's holding her hand out to you what do you do i'll just i'll just shake it i won't even think about it so (laughs) you reach a paw out and and you see her you know kind of take the hand and she's kind of looking in in your at your uh your cowled face there hidden in the dark. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get that moment where she realizes she's holding something furry and she kind of looks down and looks up. And then you get this kind of Im- expression on her face, like, Oh, well it's Cotter doing his thing again. <laughs> At this point, I don't think anything is going to phase her. So, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, is, is a cat like person really that much weirder that i feel like it's the least weird of the three you know adjacent to human friends that cotter has it, it probably is but at this at the same time it's something brand new um and uh she Cynthia turns to you cotter and says apparently you have other tales to tell uh, you must let us uh, know over dinner about your adventures um and then she turns to you there red and holds her hand out to you as well. And she says, and my name is Sinia. I'm going to make it really weird. I'm going to talk in her head too. And and this obviously kind of just stuns her. And um, and uh, she uh, still regains her composure and, and, and shakes her hand. And as she comes over to, uh, back to you, Cotter, uh, she just kind of murmurs out of the corner of her, her mouth, you, you really must warn me about these things, Cotter. I, I was going to, but you talked to them so quickly. Anyway, we need to get prepared. Yeah. I need to see the Baron sometime soon. Uh, yes, I believe he would like to see you uh, forthwith. So um, obviously have your rooms ready, and uh, then you can uh, freshen up and, and head on over there. I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to appear before the Baron uh, road-weary. Indeed. And uh, the butler comes out and uh, several of the uh, servants, and they actually lead you off to your individual rooms. And actually, uh, no one and Craval, you get the same rooms you had before, which is kind of nice. Um, uh, but then for uh, Red and Misty, um, this is quite an experience. 
Um, you've never quite seen this level of luxury. Obviously, the Tabaxi live kind of rough and close to the earth. Uh, you know, they live in comfort, but at the same time, it's not lavish. Uh, this is lavish. I mean, there's gold gilt on on the uh, details of all the furniture and everything like that. The, the bed is, you know, a huge four poster full of, you know, beautiful uh, goose down feathers. So it's uh, as posh as you could ask for. Oh, and red. There's a basin of water on the uh, on the uh, banis or the uh, chest of tables there that smells like roses. I'm gonna knock it off. Just kidding. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. And I'll I'll like men will mention to the people who are serving the tabaxi like, hey, they're very privacy conscious. So if they refuse to do something, they're not too crazy. Very good. And uh, yeah, so you, the servants kind of nod uh, and look a little confused at each other and then go off to do their jobs there. And they, they basically just prep the rooms and, and away you go. Okay, so um, you freshen up. And um, so who all is going to go visit the Baron? Is, is the whole group going to go? Uh, I actually am going to let Cotter do it. I actually need to do something different while we're here okay and what are you going to go do there Kraval? uh talk to Sinia and ask how i could arrange to have some items picked up and brought to Porta magnum okay from the ha from the halfling city well cer certainly uh you could probably do that over dinner tonight after you've met with the baron uh, so that uh, uh, uh the other reason why is i don't know if he'd want us there because he only summoned cotter well certainly you are part of Car cotter's retinue here so should i be there cotter yeah, it would it wouldn't be a problem. And if it was a problem, it's like a hey, please talk to me in private. You can leave your group out here, not oh my gosh, you brought four people, you're losing your knighthood or something. Oh, okay. It's it's not like that. I'm okay. going. Yeah. I'm going. I'll go. Oh, you're going to go. I'm going to go to the library. Okay. Uh, very good. So, uh, Red, you are going to head off to the library, and obviously you know the librarian, so uh, that's not a problem at all. Yep, and we like each other. Yeah. Librarians, fist bump. And uh, Misty is going to head off with the rest of the group. So you guys um, head on down, and actually, it's interesting, Misty, the uh, Baron's residence, when you get there, doesn't look all that much different than cotter's residence does it's it's um really the only change is there's about four times as many guards out front um and there seems to be a greater number of people going in and out it's not just uh you know the family but uh yeah it's it's uh you know the baron doesn't seem to live all that much uh higher on the hog than does cotter himself which is interesting um i just thought about it has uh arlen and have arlen and adri returned yet or are they still off um, well, since Sinia didn't know about the fate of them, you would have to assume that they have not indeed yet returned to uh, Porta Magnum. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to know because, like, on one hand, we haven't done that yet. But on the other side... Oh, no, that already happened. You just don't remember it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you don't remember playing that game. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure these memories will come flashing back anytime soon now. Okay, and obviously announce yourself, Cotter, and you are um, ushered directly into uh, 
uh, a parlor and the Baron appears just a few moments later. Um, and he, he uh, you know, comes right up to you, Cotter, there and says, Ah, Sir Cotter, so good to see you again. Um, I uh, canceled court here so we could talk privately. And, and he uh, then goes around the room and Craval and Noan, he shakes each of your hands and says, And our very uh, formidable uh, companions there, Cotter, uh, uh, Craval, was it, I believe? And, and Noan? Yes. Indeed. Indeed. So good to see you again. Um, you are missing several of your party, I believe. Uh, yes, we had to uh, split the group up in order to do multiple things. Our uh, sorcerer was having to do some things relating to his magic, and we had some other people who needed escorting. So ah, well. two of our group went away, and we gathered a few others. Very good. Ah, uh, yes, this must be the other here. And the Baron comes up to you there, Misty, um, and holds out his hand. It says, and um, your name is? Misty. Oh. I see Owen shaking his head, but uh, yeah, sorry. Good time for a mind trick. <laughs> oh, wait, you're not here. there. And um, he, uh, you know, obviously, um, as he grasps your hand, realizes that you are neither human nor dra uh, dragon nor devilish. And uh, I'll just blurt out, it's a curse. Yeah, oh. And okay. uh, he says, ah, um, Cotter, yes, your tale grows ever more interesting. Um, one day when all this business is done, we must have you over and you can tell, relay all of your experiences. Uh, and then he turns back to you, Misty. Until then, um, it is a great honor to meet you in the company of Sir Cotter here. Um, and no doubt you are as formidable a uh, companion as his others. Um, I understand, and he points at Noan, that uh, this one alone uh, faced 30 individuals by himself and knocked them all to the ground. And of course, you already know, and he points to, to uh, Craval, that this is actually the king of the barbarians of the mountains. So, uh, yes, certainly uh, you, you must be as formidable as they. I am pleased to make your acquaintance. And then he kind of just sweeps himself into one of the seats. Kaval's not standing, but he can see just sitting there shaking his head side to side in obvious denial and dismay. So, and that he's seated. Um, Actually, with all the time we've had between the last time you appeared here, uh, Drew, it's amazing that they don't think that uh, Kaval is the emperor of the mountains and the seas and commands an entire army of dragons. How many? That's my that's my fear. Yes. How many dragons count as an army? Because like. Yeah, really only a couple is all you need for an army, yeah. But yeah, I would say hundreds of dragons, yes. Well, and you know, I'm shaking my head internally because I'm like, only 30? Wow, I need to up my rep here. Yeah. Okay, so I well, guess... Certainly no. that was back when you were young and tender, there, no one. Extra tender because yes. there's also the black dragon jumping on us yeah. all the time. Okay, so now that the Baron seated, I guess we'll sit down and yes and there are chairs for everybody and uh refreshments they have a uh, little uh, you know cooled fruits and and uh, wine glasses out for everybody so uh i had experience uh the other day of the conflict between ourselves and ex colbarium coley oh really tell me more about your experience there uh, certainly uh you all seem hale it couldn't have been too bad but i did get a report that yes there had been a fracas out there on the campo magno yesterday yes um so we 
um, had been receiving uh, messages telling us that there were the tensions between our two cities. And then after we had cleared up an issue with the Dragonborn, we were taking some of our um, carts down from the mountain that were already taking the path. And when we reached a certain crossroad between the best road from the mountains and the high road, we encountered a squad of, uh, is it a squad? I guess that doesn't matter. A group of soldiers from Exolarium Colise, and we managed to slip through them. And then that day we reached the front lines and took horses back to be here quicker that after that was also when i received your message oh very good i i was pleased how prompt you were getting back and and yes this has been a a, a total bother here between uh, ourselves and excalbarum Colise, and and uh it i must say it does have me somewhat worried um the as you know the baron of uh Excalbarium Colise, who deposed his own cousin, uh, was again deposed by his own cousin. Um, and she apparently, and I can't really blame her too much. Um, I, she has apparently been uh, focusing the attention of the people of Excalbarium Police on, you know, totally unfounded accusations that back in the ancient past that uh, we had... Uh, basically taken their lands in the Campo Magno. And, and, and as you know, historically, going back to our earliest records, that the Porta Magnum has farmed the Campo Magno, uh, the, uh, as, at least as far as the crossroads. And, uh, but, you know, I, I can't actually blame her too much for obviously there's uh, nothing better to unite a people, especially if you've just taken over a barony, than to give them a collective enemy to face against. And so she has apparently decided that uh, we are that collective enemy. Um, and, you know, I myself have used that particular tactic. Uh, if you remember back when the plague was taking over the city, um, I couched our fight against the plague as a, a collective fight against this encroaching evil. And it's amazing how the populace banded together. People will uh, go above and beyond. People will go and uh, go to extreme lengths if they believe that uh, there's a collective enemy for them to face off against. Uh, and, but apparently in this case, she's decided that um, in order to uh, shift the uh, attentions of the population of Excobarum Calise and all of their problems here, uh, and as you know, there are problems abounding everywhere we go, uh, that uh, they would then uh, turn that uh, anger and frustration against us, uh, which is uh, completely ridiculous. If you, As you know, uh, our standing army is probably bigger than any uh, force that they can field from Excobarum Colise. It's so much smaller. Um, and plus, if we add in the conscripts and, and uh, the, the militias, that we have a resounding force. So it's almost ridiculous that they should attack us, but that it does indeed seem to be what's happening. Um, I have intelligence, and he pulls out a, a little case and uh, pulls several sheets of parchment, that uh, just this afternoon, uh, they have marched some thousands of uh, foot soldiers and cavalry out apparently to seize the southern Campo Magno uh, and we have no choice but to go meet them in the field uh, it's uh, it is almost crazy um, 
in fact, uh, you know, despite my admiration for her getting the populace together and, and uh, uniting them as one, I, at the same time, I, I, I can't but understand why she's doing this. I mean, certainly it's going to uh, end up in a slaughter of her so- forces um, and uh, many, many hundreds of lives will be lost over this silliness and which will only enter end up her with uh, in a worse state than before. Just sort of nod and... Yes. Was there a question at the end of that? Amazingly, um, old statement. And you, you mm. get the, the kind of feeling that um, he was questing for any information that you might have. Um, obviously, you've been out and about the kingdom this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there was kind of an implied question of, do you know anything that might bear upon this? Oh. I don't if think. I may. Uh, yes. Creval, uh, please. For our people, the harvest for food, which we have depended on for generations, and our rotating crops have yielded not nearly close to even half of what was before. It seems as though this city is encountering the same issues. We have been able to offset our losses with a cooperative symbiotic relationship between a new mine on our lands and pouring a magnum and then the help of the dwarves. However, Escobarian Calise has nothing to alleviate their current food sources, so I believe they go to war in order to find their food resources. Um, yeah, well, that does all to make too much sense. Definitely, um, the harvests have been even poor for us, as you know. Um, uh, you and uh, any gives a, a, a kind of a half bow to you, Creval, and you, Noan, uh, uh, acted as uh, ambassadors to uh, Feramans to head off the very same uh, problems that we're seeing here, where Feramans was, uh, was feeling like it was being choked off by the lack of supplies. Uh, but right now we're all feeling the, the pinch of hunger in our bellies. Um, although, that being said, and he turns back to you, Cotter, I can't directly relate this to the efforts of you and your companions and he you know turns back to you there Kraval and and no one but um the reports i'm getting out of the campo magno and um also uh the um ambassadors from civitas cataracta are reporting that the fogs on this side of the mare arenosum have all but disappeared um and there is uh optimism there is high hope that next year's harvest will be as good as normal which is this side is that the southeast the southwest side yes um so the campo magno in the in the uh in the southeast and then of course oxcoberium colis and and civitas cataracta in the south and southwest um they're reporting almost no fogs at all now i mean just the the normal fogs of of uh, autumn that you would normally expect Uh, but the fogs themselves have seemed to have disappeared um my uh, reports out of um, Kolesque from the ambassador there and and uh, the, the lovely dwarves of Ferramans uh, report that it's still um, fogs rolling out of the hills there. But, um, yeah, it's not on the south. It's very interesting. So either whatever um, weather phenomena that caused the fogs to begin with has been, or like I said, I can almost uh, believe that uh, whatever secret... Uh, missions that you've been on have had some sort of effect on these evil doings in our lands. 
it could be that all these phylacteries, because they've had magical power uh, associated with them, are kind of part of a a web of of this spell. And as we start destroying them, or even just taking them up, taking them out, it's affecting uh, the broader magic because the phylacteries seem to be spread all over the place. That does make sense. Uh, thank you for, uh, and I'll address this to the Baron. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Cool. We wouldn't have known that without this, and that's a good not, indication. Not of a problem, Sir Cotter. If I can be of some small help in, in the greater events going on, I'm more than happy to play my part. Speaking of... Uh, does Br Bryce, no. real quick, I'm sorry, I can't get Bryce, because you saw the map, I don't have it. Um, does those, do those spaces line up with us taking those phylacteries out? Um... So you guys, I don't want to assume. you just, guys I'm removed just... one from the uh, summer home of the uh, royals there in southwest um, Faro, uh, above Dryadum Silvarum and Suvitas Cataracta, and then uh, that was the one we took out there by the uh, the um, by the Dragonborn, and then that, obviously that's the wrong forest, isn't it? Um, no, that's correct. Yeah. And then, obviously, you also found one in the clouded oasis, which is no longer clouded. So I guess it's just the oasis. Um, so, and then obviously you took out one from under the ground that was somewhere below the clouded oasis, but may, but maybe also um, could have been to the south. And then obviously you found one off of the island Venturis. But uh, yeah, you, you seem to have um, the phylacteries you've recovered seem to have been from the south or the center part of the mare. Where the fogs are no longer existent. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Speaking of uh, things that we can do for the effort, uh, you recalled me. Ah, yes. Thank you very much. Um, it, it, this is a terrible business to be in, uh, but I'm afraid, obviously, you as a head of the household and a knight of Porta Magnum are expected to lead our forces in the field, Sir Cotter. Um, so I've uh, put you in front of the Swan Brigade, obviously you being Lord of the Swans, um, and obviously the other uh, other household heads are in charge of you know the Badger Brigade and the Bear Brigade and all that. Uh, but yes, we on the morrow uh, are riding out to face this army coming up from Excobarium Calice, um, and you will be guarding our left flank, you and the soldiers that are set to you. Uh, so, um, and he turns to... Uh, the rest of you, and he says, and obviously Sir Cotter will need whatever help we can get, and I can think of no greater uh, help than can be provided by your august personalities. Um, certainly your uh, Provence in the field is already well known, and uh, you are, of course, invited as well to, uh, to join us. In fact, I beseech you to uh, guard Sir Cotter's life very carefully, so certainly anything can happen in the vagaries of war. Do the fog still affect the planes that we travel through um none, none more than the, the normal ones we lines. can explain by uh by the uh you know vagaries of weather they seem to be nothing more than the normal fogs of autumn perhaps we might be able to still avert this war if we just simply speak with their ruler and arrange some sort of help until the next farm season? Am I? Are we way past that? I'm afraid we are. I have sent many an embassy, and they've all been rebuffed. In fact, um, our ambassadors haven't even been received for the last several months. Uh, and the uh, ones before said that they their words fell upon deaf ears when they arrived. Um, I got to say, 
this is all very, very strange. And perhaps you as wise men of the various um, deities around and um, perhaps your other friends can come up with some reason why this would be. It, it seems almost ridiculous. Uh, if I didn't know better, I would assume that the new Baroness has some backing behind her that makes her feel confident in the field. But I have asked all of the other barons and Savitas Cataracta and Ferramans and Kalesque all swear up and down that they are providing no uh, personnel or materiel to help this in the field. So I do not know. It's almost as if she has gone mad. So yes, we, we, uh, Kerval, we have tried to avert this and it seems at this point in time that nothing short of a crushing victory on our part uh, against them tomorrow in the field will have any uh, result at all. It seems to me that when we negotiated with the dwarves, um, we had, we had the uh, infernal presence driving the insanity there. Perhaps yes. our old foe is, is back at large. It, something along those lines has occurred to me as well. Yes, they, I mean, like I said, it seems almost as if the Baroness is too confident, like she has some ace up her sleeve that she's about to play. Uh, so I, once again, he turns to Noan and Craval and Misty. I do beseech you to keep Sir Cotter safe because no telling what could possibly happen in the field in these next several days. Yeah, that does worry me, the fact that there might be some backing. Because our enemy has proven willing to use auxiliaries and other groups to pursue his aims. So he might be, I don't know if he's directly helping here, but there could be some outside influence as you said even yes. if it wasn't the other barons yes all this has occurred to me as well um but have we ever out of character have we talked to this baron about lowell yes the first time you met him you talk about talked about the whole mission yeah, yeah. i'm so, thinking about the succubus specifically well that's what i wanted to bring up to him is, uh, is explain how pheromones had the succubus that was cr causing problems there through their political structure and then between that the spore druids being affected by Alowal's promises and maybe even potentially Alowal promising something to this particular uh, leader. There could be any number of things, but we're not going to know until we can get close to the Baroness. Yeah, and 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 the Baron agrees wholeheartedly with that analysis that it seems like there may be something turning the wheels behind the scene here. I say your excellency. Um, in our travels, we've become very adapting to getting into just about any place that we need to. I'm pretty sure we could guarantee a, a meeting with the Baroness, even if just on our terms. And uh, he uh, gives you kind of a sad smile, and, and he says, a worthy offer, Noan, and one I know you wholeheartedly mean, and a stratagem that we might be able to employ in the very near future here. But I'm afraid at this point in time that the wheels have rolled far enough downhill that um, there's no avoiding the battle that is coming in the next day or so. Uh, but once, like I said, once we can crush them in the field, then yes, I'm sure that at that point in time, we will need a small group to go and bring the uh, 
sense to the Baroness. Um, so let us let us keep that in our back pocket. Indeed. Uh, Cotter, could you expand your senses for a moment and make sure that we are safe here? I can do the... So, I guess, yeah. Um, within line of sight or 60 feet, whichever is shorter, are mm -hmm. there any infernal, fey, celestial, fiend? Okay, and uh, obviously you get the usual hit off of uh, no one being next to you, and it turns out that Misty is actually the succubus. No, just kidding. <laughs> Made you look. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. You feel no other presences aside of the comforting uh, infernal presence of no one to your right. It is as clear as I can see. Just thought should be more be on the cautious side. Yeah. Is there anything else you wish to speak with us about, Baron? That actually, that would have been a great uh, a great story uh, twist there if Misty had turned out to be the succubus all along, but. <laughs> But there we go. Um, yeah, says, uh, at this point in time, no. I do thank you all for uh, promptly coming to the summons. And if you would all please uh, be ready tomorrow morning as we will ride to the field and uh, offer battle to the Baroness. Uh, yes, we shall. It's another Tuesday. Yes. And we'll make our leave and return to the house. Okay, very good. And then um red while they're doing all these really fancy smancy things there um what are you going to do um i am going to be researching um like all about war and battle and like uh what uh like strategies for war why wars start like war theory essentially mm -hmm. just because like i i don't think the tabaxi library has enough on that because we don't really like do that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh, the regular people are uh, fighting. Why are they fighting? I'll just go into look that kind of stuff up. Very good. Yeah. And, and obviously the Tabaxi have collected a bunch of resources on just about everything, but they don't have everything in their own library. So there's a, a lot more things. And the uh, librarian is more than happy to kind of shuttle you off into a dark corner where the other patrons won't even notice that your cloaked figure is sitting there and 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 brings you stacks of books to go through okay anything else before you head on back i think that can absorb all of my time okay good and so uh before long it's actually been a long time and you kind of realize how late it is and uh you head head on back there and arrive um back at the gates of the Fraser estate and are shuttled back up to the house. And um, you guys all settle down for dinner there. And that's where we're going to stop today. notes okay a bunch of things to go over here uh first thing my uh, great disappointment um i prompted uh, owen with the rose water there hoping that he would 
use it properly. And then, of course, make Arlen's uh, misuse of it, drinking of it, uh, seem that much more country bumpkin by association. But instead, um, he uh, went the cat route and uh, joked about knocking it on the floor, which, if you've ever had a cat, yeah. Anyway, um, this brought up an interesting question during the whole thing with Bryce asking about what's happening with the other party because what's happening with the other party? And obviously this is the difficulty of splitting the party and having multiple storylines going at the same time. Um, the group one here has been going for about six days. So an awful lot could have happened to the other party. In fact, they could, in fact, already be back in Port of Magnum. It's hard to say. But um, clearly they aren't, so something's going on with them as well. They're being delayed to one degree or another. At any rate, um, that brings up the question of how we were going to do this. And I actually put this to the players on how they wanted to do it. Um, one idea I had was to basically go episode by episode and one episode with group one, one episode with group two, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But the players thought that that would be a little too jarring and a little too difficult to manage. So they wanted to go with Craval's group until that was done. And I don't know if they realized how long this was really going to take, though. So in my mind, I was going to have them get back to Port of Magnum, where they are. And then we'd shift over to the other group. So um, a little spoiler, we're going to be shifting over to the other group really soon, uh, right after this next episode. So the uh, group is back in Port of Magnum, and they met with a Baron. And it seems like at this point in time, there is an unavoidable war coming up. Both sides are headed to a clash, charging at each other. And it's very, very strange. Why would the Baroness of Excalbarium Colise be challenging Porta Magnum, a much larger barony, to a fight? There must be something going on behind the scenes. What could that be? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.